Okay, welcome to our uh, missionary presentation. We have uh, uh, quite a lineup of people presenting, so we're going to keep this moving along quickly. A couple of things that I'd like you to think about um, as our theme for uh, today, as, the, as we listen and uh, look at what the Lord's going to be presenting. How are you helping others turn to the Lord? You know, what's your vision of the harvest? Jesus said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. The harvest is around the world. It's in your neighborhood. How are you helping others turn to the Lord? We'll begin with Brother Gary. So I'm here to present a quick update on what's happening in Papua New Guinea. Uh, normally, Vic and Elsie Schlatter are here to do that, but this year uh, they were not able to be with us. They do send their love and greetings. Um, Brother Vic felt called to write another book, and so he's busy with that endeavor. Um, one of the first things that they wanted to make sure they wanted to convey was the thankfulness and appreciation for the work uh, from, from the believers there to the believers here for the work and for the partnership that you, that many of you have uh, participated in over the years. And, and this here is actually a picture of kind of a, a tent meeting or what they would call something like our camp here. Of course, their facilities are very different. They either, they're fortunate to have a, a tent sometimes to uh, prevent them uh, to shield them from the hot sun. Other times they don't even have a tent. They just have some umbrellas or something that they would uh, hold and just sit on the grass as they go through this, uh, uh, their week of, of camp. And uh, they are planning a, uh, another camp this year in August and uh, certainly uh, would ask for prayers for their teaching brothers to be inspired as many would come together for that. And generally, as they appreciate, as they express their appreciation, um, one of the things that came to mind is how we have partnered with them materially so that we could also see a spiritual harvest, a spiritual blessing from them over these, uh, well, many decades of ministry that has happened there. And so... This is just a, a picture of a baptism that uh, as they baptize the new believers in the, the river there and as they all just gather around, uh, again, they don't have the facilities like uh, we're accustomed to, but uh, certainly the spiritual harvest continues there. And, and there are many ministries in New Guinea. It's not just about expanding churches and, and preaching the gospel in, in the traditional way. They also have a, a life skill school or a Bible school where they teach uh, some of the uh, women and some of the men life skills. And in particular here, there's a few students that are shown. Uh, these are older students, uh, mothers typically. Uh, and they are taught many different things, both from the scripture as well as how to care uh, it, how to care for a household, how to teach their children, how to be examples in their local churches. And uh, the mission board, which is the equivalent of the ACCF here in uh, the U.S., the mission board in Canada, has sponsored 12 of these students just in this past year. And, and here there's a couple of them showing off some of the things that they've made and learned. Literacy is, is an ongoing need, as many of them are illiterate. They learn to read, and uh, these uh, students are holding up the Bibles that they've received. This is the translation in their own language uh, that Brother Vic uh, translated back in the 70s. This is only the New Testament, as they receive that as a graduation gift, that now they can read it themselves. 
And uh, just recently, uh, one of the local brothers there has graduated from college and feels called to now begin the translation of the Old Testament into that language as well. And as you can imagine, that's quite a calling. Um, the uh, brother Vic had started that work but was not able to, to complete it, and this brother feels to continue that work starting next year. There are also certain building projects, as again, the infrastructure is non-existent there, and so some of the funds have gone into building simple buildings that they can use for their schools or for storage areas or for, for uh, churches as well. And uh, the congregations continue to expand. I think when I was there, it's probably now, well, 10 years ago, uh, there was not quite 100, and now they're at about 125 congregations and uh, many districts, and it is a wide area that they need to cover, and they're doing that just with this one vehicle, which is a challenge. And uh, but basically, all of these projects, whether it's the literacy, whether it's the school, whether it's the, the building expansion, whether it's the vehicle needs, whether it's the... Um, the, just the ongoing administration costs, all of these areas have needs, and we certainly, and they certainly appreciate the ongoing support that you have provided and for the harvest that they are seeing there now. And certainly, if you have any donations you would like, you can send them straight to the ACCF or donate here at camp or also in Canada through the mission board. Good morning. Um... I was here last year. I'm Kevin King. I work with uh, Canaan Land Ministries in southern Brazil and uh, been there since last September. Uh, my family's here last year as well. Uh, here, uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, our general ministry and what has happened over the last year that I have been there. Um, as you can see, CLM is very cold. I think they only put that up there to contrast the common belief that it's not. So, um, okay, what is CLM? It is two children's homes, uh, Entry Hughes, which was founded in 1973 by Art and Inga Herring, um, and uh, CLM Tourville Facility, which was founded in 2006 and is about 80, 80 kilometers away from the Entry Hios facility and about an hour and 15-minute drive. And each building has the capacity for 35 children. We're staffed by missionaries who are Brazilians, Americans, and Hungarians. And that includes Mary Gibson, who has been there since 1981. She just had her 30-year uh, anniversary. Victoria Fulop, who has been there since 1993 and has been 18 years. And Bethany. Jake and Amanda Teeter, who Jake was there from 2004 to 2007 by herself and then since 2008 together. Fabio and Edit Caldas. Uh, Edit was there for eight years before, from 2000 to 2008, and then they've been there since 2009. Uh, together, and then Tobias has been there for one month. Andy and Katie Ross, who have been there since 2010, and Joseph was born there. Uh, he was, uh, so he has just had a one-year anniversary, and then we have been there since 2010 as well. And then Vanessa Santos, who uh, has been there since last year as well. She originally started in the Tourville facility and then has been moved to the Entrejos facility. And this is our mission statement, through the power of God to be instruments of transformation and inner healing, restoring the emotional, physical, and spiritual lives of the children, developing dreams and hopes, and reestablishing life values. 
2011 events. Our new five sibling group uh, came uh, two weeks before we were forced to temporarily close our Tortville facility. And so we added 16 children within two weeks at the Entrejillos facility. Josiani, one of the older girls there, was uh, married in January. And the pool in Tourville was donated and installed. We had a, a fundraiser, a goulash fundraiser, that the Hungarian missionaries put on and sold tickets to raise money for Brazilian missionaries. And Mary celebrated 30, 30 years of ministry at CLM. And uh, here are six of the adult children who did grow up at CLM uh, in all different places. There are many, many more. Uh, many of them come back for Christmas and different celebrations. Uh, they, some of them have gone through the CLM Plus program, which after they turn 18 uh, helps different children from CLM to uh, go to college or to find jobs, take technical courses, and to... Uh, be placed back into society. Uh, CLM needs prayer support. Um, if you would like to be on the uh, prayer warrior, uh, receive the prayer warrior letter, please let us know, and then you will be uh, updated weekly on that. Individual missionary newsletters, each missionary does send out their own letter, which is a little more specific. And short-term missionaries up to six months at a time, uh, especially for youth. Uh, I think Vicki will be talking about that in a little bit, but please consider doing that. That's how most of the missionaries who are there ended up there, uh, myself included in that. And we need more long-term missionaries, especially for the reopening of the Torval home. Uh, since Torval is temporarily closed, if we're going to reopen it, we need to build a staff up and we need dedicated people would be willing to do that. So maybe consider being a short-term missionary, and then maybe God will lead you to be a long-term missionary. And we need social workers. We need monthly support towards our uh, general fund. Um, we, are, we see the ups and downs of the financial support, and uh, that is always needed, especially if we are going to reopen the other campus. And we need contributions to the Brazilian Missionary Fund, which is meant to help channel funds through the Brazilian system so that we're completely legal and to uh, <clears throat> still help support our Brazilian missionaries primarily with donations. Material needs, you see it, that we keep saying it's very cold there. So that's why we need warm clothes and sweaters, sweatshirts, and school supplies. And uh, we use all the newer items that you would send for birthday gifts. They're kind of kept aside. And so if you have nicer things, then consider sending those for birthday gifts. Uh, good time to send them down if somebody's coming down short term because then you save on all the luggage. So you just load up two heavily packed bags and they get their much less expensive. Fleece blankets and uh, any types of toys or anything that you would have to give. Anything that children would like. And uh, we just want to focus a lot right now on things that are coming new. As we see, we have a very new staff there. Um, majority of the missionaries there, uh, some of them have been there as singles, but as couples have only been there for two years or so. And we, there's some chaos that's involved in that, but hopefully we will become a closer-knit staff and will uh, 
bind together in that. And it's a, a very difficult time, but a very important time right now as this m- new missionary team is trying to have community together and build, be built up. And so there will be some adaptation and restructuring that's involved in that, um, trying to really help every missionary to make this ministry their own and to really become a part of that, Um, especially the changes in Brazilian laws that have affected us. Last year, uh, the Brazilian government moved to start enforcing a law that was passed about five years ago allowing foster care families, which had uh, previously been prohibited. Their goal is that... um, any type of any child that has a, a way to be placed in a foster family would be placed in a foster family or adopted. What does that mean for us? It means that we are going to focus specifically on children who do not have much possibility of being adopted or entering into a foster family, mainly large sibling groups who are not allowed to be separated. That's why at CLM you will see many groups of four or five brothers and sisters. And it's because they do not have anywhere to go. And uh, the judge uh, that we work closely with would like us to focus specifically on those types of children and rather, rather than the children who will be in and out in another in one week or a month. or Especially you get in a, a one-year-old child, you know that that child will be there less than one year. That does not give us a ton of time to focus on accomplishing discipleship or being involved with the kids. And then we also need a new vision for Turvo. As we seek to reopen that, um, there is a big opportunity. We don't know if we're going to do any. Uh, we don't know if we're going to have a different focus there or not. But uh, if we are going to change our focus there to differ from entry, he is, now would be the time to do it because the place is already closed. We'd like to restart that with a full missionary team and uh, with new kids and possibly a different vision. Uh, we have not focused on older kids in the past, but older kids are the uh, uh, are another group that is very difficult to place because they too come with a lot more baggage. And so if we were to focus on that, that would mean changing a lot of things, bringing on more staff, and having more specified staff members. So, okay, uh, now we're going to go to Victoria, who has worked with me and is going to share in a different part of the ministry. This is Victoria's first time here, so I'm uh, delighted to have her share with us. Yes, it is my first time, but I'm so happy to see so many of you who came to CLM. And uh, as uh, Kevin said, so many information. I just make quick a test how much you will remember those informations, Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I will just talk about... (laughs) I would like to talk about the part of the ministry God has laid on my heart while I have worked at CLM, and it's about short-termers, visitors, because uh, I had been part of it first. I have been part of it, had to be adopted into a a new culture, had to get effective in a new culture, and it was a pleasure to me to see new people coming in and helping. And in this week, 
having a big part of this camp, I look at the young people when they stand up and leave the room, the room stays empty, and I say, wow, future missionaries, pastors, leaders, this is what we have here, and I hope you will hear God talking to you, not only to turn around and turn to God, but when you turn to God, see the great opportunities God is showing to you. You can be part of God's kingdom and doing uh, God's will, and uh, bring fruit to and glory to God, but you're life will be greatly blessed. This is how I feel after 18 years being on a mission field. When I was standing uh, 18 years ago before God and asking, what is your plan for me? I had no idea what it will be. But today when I look back, I say I loved it. I have loved it every minute of it. I love how God was treating me as his own child to transform me, to humble me, to build me up and use me and say that you are important. You are not just a little gray spot in the big crowd, but your individual gifts and uh, talents I have given to you when I created you are part of my big plan. So I want to tell you, when you ask you today, what will I do with my life? Okay, I am here in God telling, come to the Lord, turn to the Lord. I, will, I am almost there, but for what? <laughs> I will tell you, asking, just really uh, listening to the preachings, because most of the verses I wanted to share were already told in, in this week, and I'm sure it will be said even more. But one Bible verse was very stucking out in my calling, and you probably know it from heart. It's Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and everything else, everything else will follow. Seek kingdom of God. What is it? God is interested really that you turn your life, you, you look in your life making decisions of pleasing him. God's will for you is not in a little box wrapped up and hidden someplace here in the campus or any place. And then God say, hey, you have to find it. I expect you to find it and, and I'm not giving any guess. It's not at all. God is talking to us day by day, telling what to do. And what he wants us to do, make decisions pleasing his heart, living for his glory, making decisions what is moral, keeping, uh, uh, being faithful to the Bible, the theological te teaching of the Bible, and praising him, loving him, loving the others, and having faith in those things that we don't foresee, giving our future in his hand. Uh, Jeremiah 29.11 says that I know the future I have for you. This is the welfare, future of hope, future of blessings. So don't worry. Tomorrow is in God's hand and he said what comes. But just do and do what he wants. He, what today he puts in your heart. And every day let God put in more and more. I would like to show you some of the challenges I faced with when I went to Brazil, CLM. Just, and, uh, stay right there. Just stay right here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I invite you to be part of it. Thinking about CLM, maybe if you remember a little bit what Kevin told you, we have, a lot, we have had lots of fun being there and uh, learning new things about the new culture. Beans and rice are the main um, alimentation, so new flavors you would be learning. A lot of fruit you haven't met before. You will be tasting. Also, you will see these strange plants, these strange trees called the Araucarius. 
driving by the street, you might meet with some of the Indians and uh, also see the beautiful miracle of nature, of nature the uh, Iguazu waterfalls. And uh, the modern miracle of modern man is the hugest dam at the Paraguay border. You would taste probably the shimahong, that the green tea. Also eat some of the fruit, some of the seeds of that Paraná pine tree and experience the winter in July. You would be very welcome. This is a picture of, uh, this is a picture of the bird eye view of the CLM home we live in a uh, highland. And uh, because of the altitude, we have this uh, cold uh, weather in the opposite season, like in the northern hemisphere. But altogether, uh, being open and letting God, letting God talk to you and lead you, this is the pleasure of a Christian life. And stepping out from your comfort zone would bring a beautiful blessing to your life. Don't be afraid. How many times the Bible, Bible says, no, do not be afraid, but be courageous. And God has prepared great blessings to you and for this denomination. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. Can I, I step back for one moment? Oh. Just I forgot <laughs> looking at her. Uh, we have the CLM calendars for 2012 with us, Kevin and I. So please look for us if you are interested to buy individually or take to your church uh, and uh, sell for helping to sell for us, and this would be all being uh, found for CLM, whatever comes back uh, on the price selling of the calendars. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we could have a set up a, a table at the dining room for that, yeah. if you can look after that. Next, I want to introduce uh, those whom you know. Oscar and Karen are here from Paraguay. Uh, welcome back. You've been here before. Okay. Too much people. <laughs> uh, I, I have two minutes for practice my English. Okay. And I want to say a special greeting from Paraguay. Uh, we live in Asuncion, the capital city. It's a beautiful country. It's, uh, we have more time, summertime in, in Paraguay, and our winter time is like this, and uh, <laughs> it's okay there. And we want to share with you what we, what we do in, in Adonai. Adonai started in 2003, for, uh, was the 57 students, and we have now uh, three, uh, 300 students in our school, and we want to share the miracle of God, of God too in Paraguay. Uh, Karen, maybe do that. She know very good English, <laughs> and I, I, I want to share that with her. Okay. A little bit better, maybe. Um, we're working together. With the people, with our people in Paraguay, we have 38 people now on staff, and we're all working together to make a difference in Paraguay. Last year, this was a news um, news article, and things haven't changed since then. So there's lots of corruption and crime, smuggling, and all of this happens in the area of Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay, where they meet. There's still lots of poverty in Paraguay, and as a church group, we were thinking, how can we change this? How can we make a difference? And before 2000, the year 2000, we had started this building, 
you can see on the upper left picture. And through donations from Eastern Camp and other North American churches, this is how we came along in the past couple years with the help of your donations and also some work teams that came and came to build up the school and as well as the church. And by the way, Rod Cook organizes some of the best work teams, so see him today. This is what the church and school looks like now. And you can see from the earlier pictures how much money and how much work actually went into these buildings. And after much prayer and faith, the project started. And like Oscar said, it started with 50 kids, and now we have 300. We started with a vision to train the students to serve others, to, to love God and serve others in their family, in the nation, and in the world. And these kids are actually making a difference in their classroom, in their neighborhood, and in the country. And I'd like to add a little story about a little kindergartner. He went home, and before lunch, he said to his grandma, we have to pray. And she said, I don't know how to pray. Why don't you pray? And so the little five-year-old started out praying, and then after lunch, he said, now you have to read something from the Bible. And she said, I never opened a Bible in my life. And so he said, it's easy. My teacher just opens the Bible and reads it. And so she opened it up and read a psalm, and then he said, now explain it to me. And she's like, wait a minute, I don't know even what this is. But it, he's a five-year-old, and he took that, that, he's taking the Bible already into his home. And in Titus it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And our, our theme this year, and every year really, is to build up, build up these kids, build up their self-esteem, build up their knowledge in Christ, and so that they can actually be um, people in their society that make a difference. And we had a student, uh, Miguel Angel. I, I could only find a picture of his mom and his little brother. But he came as a third grader and was very distracted because his father was in Spain and his mother, um, as a single mom, she was struggling a lot. And we helped them through this situation. And she was saved several years ago and said, I want to do something for the Lord. I want to study to be a teacher. And we said, that's great. Today she's our fifth grade teacher, and she also works as a librarian. And so not only she was saved, but also her two sisters-in-laws and her brother-in-law. And her husband did come back to, from Spain, and they're together again, but he only comes... Um, every so often to church, so if you remember to pray for the teacher, Soledad, that would be good. And some other people are also making a difference in our school. These are pi pictures of students who came um, when they were in like sixth grade, fifth grade, and now they, Montserrat graduated, and she's teaching kindergarten and first grade English, and she's also teaching in Sunday school. 
Gabriel came as a fourth grader, and he was so shy and introverted that he didn't even look up. And now he, he works on the evangelistic teams. He's always ready to help set up chairs or set up the sound system. And he's also graduating this year. And Ugo came as a fifth grader, and he had a strong faith in, in the Lord and actually brought his mom, his aunts and uncles, and his grandpa to the Lord. Right now we have a, a worker there from Richland, Washington. Matt Hart is helping us in the English department, and he's teaching English to third graders to ninth graders. And you may ask how you can help. You can help by donating um, $500 for a scholarship or for financial aid for these students. And also the construction area for the cafeteria. Um, We do the construction in December and January because the children aren't there in school. It's our summertime. And you could go as as a work team member or you could donate some bricks. Or you could also dedicate one or two years to teaching English as a second language. This is the area that we'll be working on this December. It's the left wing, the the area where um, junior high and high school will be there. We need $15,000 to finish this area and um, make the cafeteria, finish the ceiling on it, and then... To build up the classrooms, it would be $100,000 maybe, but we will be building as funds come in. Um, Some of this I already went over. Um, Other donations will go towards uniforms, books, or school supplies for um, the students needing more financial aid or Christmas bonuses for teachers because of the... The value of the dollar and the Paraguayan money, it's going very low. So the $500 donation for the tuition doesn't cover all the extras that we really do need to pay, the teachers and other things. So it's something to keep in mind. We also have a yearly um, painting project. At the end of the year, we have to paint the whole school and get it ready for the new year. So that can be done in a work team and... It's about $4,000 to paint and redo um, the classrooms. Other needs would be library materials, school books, or other materials. And you can send donations to um, the foundation or here in the camp boxes. And we want to remind you, too, about the the shirts that we will be selling this afternoon. And we also have a special surprise this afternoon, so you can come... At three. Yeah. These are the shirts that um, my son Brandon designed for the graduating class. So if you're interested, we'll be selling them this afternoon there. And and contact information, I, I put my email address there. So thank you. Hi, I'm Rod Cook, and I never knew I organized great work teams. Uh, I have been complimented on my driving before, especially in Paraguay. They tell me I'm a great Paraguayan driver, <clears throat> but that scares some Americans. Um, we sent two work teams, for the, the, the Apostolic Christian Church Foundation sent two work teams to Paraguay this winter, and uh, 
Christina and Josh would like to tell you a little bit about their impressions. Hello, my name is Christina Vuinov, and I'm from Brunswick Hills, Ohio. This past December and January, um, I was blessed with the opportunity to go to Paraguay with the work team. Um, our main purpose for going was to begin construction on the cafeteria as well as to paint the school. And overall, the experience was absolutely wonderful. All the individuals that we met at the church and the school were just so loving and so kind, and it just felt like we were being showered with love and blessings the entire time we were there. And I, I only stayed for two weeks, so I didn't really think I would be able to bond um, that much with the local people, but I just felt such a close connection and friendship with so many people there and um, such a strong bond with them. And um, one special memory that I took home with me was when Karen took me to um, a very poor part of town to visit a woman from church. And she lived in the tiniest, just little shack. And we had a nice visit, and um, as we were leaving, she wanted to give me a gift. And she gave me a beautiful embroidered cloth. And I just remember feeling so guilt, almost guilty for taking it because here's someone who has so little and yet um, she just wanted to give me one of her most beautiful items to take home. And that was just so touching and humbling and um, her only request was that every time I look at it I would think of her and pray for her and her family. And it's just amazing how often I do think of everyone there and how often they are on my mind and how much I miss them. And I would absolutely encourage everybody um, if you felt a calling at all to go on a missions trip, definitely go. Um, I think Paraguay is a great country um, as a first mission trip, or even if you're a seasoned traveler, have been on um, many mission trips around the world, I would still recommend going to Paraguay. It's absolutely beautiful, and Karen and Oscar will take wonderful care of you. Um, they took amazing care of us and just made us feel like part of the family, and it was just a beautiful trip. And Josh has a couple words to add. So uh, t less than 24 hours after I finished my last exam, I was on a plane to uh, Paraguay for five weeks. Um, it's a little hard to talk about five weeks' experience in one minute, but I'll give a, take a shot at it. Um, just what stood out to me the most. So as you can see from some of the pictures, Paraguay is really a developing country. People live in very different and much poorer conditions than we do here. Um, but they seem like so much more satisfied with what they had, and as opposed to our culture, which really everyone strives to gain more possessions and stuff. They really didn't really care about that, it seemed, and they really valued their relationships with each other so much. Um, another point was uh, we sometimes felt frustrated with the slow pace that the work went on there. <laughs> if the Mason said he would come Monday morning, you'd be lucky if he came Tuesday afternoon. Um, we just had to come to terms with the limitations that we had and uh, put our ambitious North American mentality aside and just work every day. Uh, for God and uh, in service for him. And in this way, we enjoyed our, were able to enjoy our work experience the most. Um, finally, the most impressive part of Paraguay is not the beautiful sights and the amazing culture that we were able to experience, but the Paraguayans themselves. <laughs> um, the Christians there, they had such a zeal and joy, and they showed love and hospitality to us at every opportunity they could. Um, at one opportunity, we visited a prison, and all the Christians formed a barrier around us as we walked to the chapel. Um, at another opportunity, um, a medical student was able to get me into the hospital to spend the whole day with her there. So they just did everything they could to help us out. Um, and their zeal and desire to serve God was most evident in the impact that the school has 
had and is having on the community there. As Karen shared, just the students bringing families and friends and people from all over the neighborhood to the church and to God. Okay, so besides Paraguay, um, we also sent a work team to Japan. Um, Brother Jerry Egich, Chris Nechikov, and Tyler Pamer went here in June, and they just got back recently, so I wish somebody was here to speak about this, but uh, in their Lou, you have me. In their absence, you have me. Okay. Um, most of you probably are aware of the vast uh, wreckage that has been destruction that's been wrought in Japan via the tsunami and the destruction of some of their nuclear facilities. And uh, about four hours north of, of Tokyo, there's a city called Iwaki, or Iwaki City. And uh, this is uh, slightly, uh, this is about 30 kilometers away from the nuclear plants. And uh, when they extended the, the range of where they didn't want people to go, this was included. So this area didn't get much, uh, didn't get much support from the government. Um, but some Christian organizations have went in, and the radiation, uh, the radiation has gone down, and there's, are, there are several Christian groups there that are, that are working and to organize work groups that want to come. So um, we sent uh, send a team of three here to go there with Tim Huber, and uh, Tim's been going up regularly with with people from his congregation from Tokyo making making the trip during the week and uh, spending the week working there and uh, trying to meet people there, and they're hopeful. Tim and Christine have been pl- praying that they'll be able to to plant a church there. Okay, so. It, a lot of the work is just clean up, um, you know, patching things, and uh, even they, they also they, they're looking for, for people who would be willing to help with uh, helping to fix the meal for all of the workers that are there. And uh, basically, at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the day, a group you go to the, as a group and you choose the assignment that you want to work on, and then you go out and, and you work on that until it's finished. And then on the weekend... Uh, Tim's been taking, taking people back to Tokyo for the, in the church bus, or the church van. Okay. So, for those of you that uh, would like an opportunity here, we have a couple. Um, there's still opportunities to go to Japan, September and October. We're looking for teams that would like to go, or individuals. Uh, I didn't put specific dates there. Basically, they're looking for a two-week, a two-week commitment is what they would like. Um, if you can go, though, um, like I said, every, every weekend they would take the, the church van up to, uh, to work during the week up to Iwaki City. The radiation levels are monitored constantly because there are lots of workers up there. Um, so if you're, you're concerned with that, there, there is active monitoring going on. Um, also in Paraguay, we have opportunity this uh, Chris, December and January to, again, to go to help with painting and additional instruction construction on the, the uh, new building. So we're looking for volunteer workers and team leaders, and who should go? Uh, we talked a lot about alarms this week. Anyone who's heard the alarm, the alarm, anyone who the Spirit has spoke to and said, you know, I think you ought to look into this, please come and see me and contact me. Or if you're back, you miss me at camp, talk to your, your foundation representative. And my email address is listed if you want to email me after camp. Thank you. 
Thank you. Just want to make one uh, uh, reminder. I'm not sure if uh, uh, Karen mentioned it. I know she did it this morning, but uh, we'll just uh, do it again right now. When, today, 3 o'clock in Campus Center 105, Oscar and Karen are going to be sharing more in more detail uh, about what's taking place in Paraguay, so I encourage you to go. Next, we have uh, Brother Willie Ritzman. Okay, I'm going to be uh, just uh, talking a little bit about uh, uh, a few of our highlights from uh, from last year with the uh, ACCMBC. And uh, one of the things that uh, we've been doing is sponsor uh, with the sponsorships for the children um, and uh, have a chart up there of... Uh, the, from the, uh, the the number of children that we've been sponsoring for uh, uh, 2009, 2010, showing some of the, the changes in the numbers. It's something where there is an absolute great need if uh, anybody feels convicted to uh, donate more towards it. Some of our, uh, some of our highlights, um, we had uh, two work teams, including Galilean Children's Home in Kentucky, um, Palm Park, and Lighthouse Inner City Retreat. Um, we have the Cheerful Giver Program. Uh, I missed the uh, Eastern Europe Self-Help uh, Project and the Housing Fund and Bursaries that we're involved with. Uh, we also had the Ancaster Church Building. Um, that was one of the focuses. Um, we assisted uh, eight families with financial aid. Um, we have counseling workshops and relation- on relationships and financial stewardships. And then we also have the ongoing Regina ministry. Um, one of the uh, uh, one of the areas that uh, um, we've really grown is the Cheerful Giver program. It's sending kits through the Mennonite Central Committee. Um, basically, uh, it, it's it's a program that has really uh, taken off uh, for us, and uh, and uh, a lot of a lot of people have been getting very involved with. Um, there's uh, some of the reasons listed up of, uh, of why we're working through the Mennonite Central uh, Committee. Um, the kits that we're focusing on, on sending are relief kits, uh, health kits, uh, sewing kits, and school kits. Relief kits, I'm not going to go through all the items that are in the kits, but just to give you an idea of we packaged 3,000 of these kits, which was about 13% of all the kits worldwide for Mennonite Central Committee. Um, this is a list of the different countries that relief kits got sent to, and we're, uh, I just basically put it up there just to give you an idea of uh, some of the different countries that, uh, that get supported. Health kits, again, these are the items that are in the health kits. And uh, we packaged 3,000 of these kits, which was 8% of all the uh, kits done for Midnight Central Committee throughout, uh, throughout the world. School kits, uh, again, the items that are in the particular school kits, and we packaged 1,000 of these, which uh, is actually about 1% of the Midnight Central Committee uh, kits. They have... Uh, they have a lot of people that are doing the, uh, the, the school kits. Um, sewing kits, again, the items that are in it, but uh, uh, we package 1,000 of these kits, which is about 50% of all of the Midnight Central Committee kits that were done. Basically, with packaging of the, uh, uh, of the kits, uh, um, 
what we find is it, it's been a real practical way of getting the, the older and the younger in the church working together, um, and, uh, and it's a real building experience. There's been so many times where a younger person has come up to me and, uh, and said, uh, wow, I was working beside that, uh, that older guy in the church, and he's actually really cool. And uh, so just to, uh, it, it, we've really found it to be a, a, a real relationship-building experience uh, between the older and the young in the church. And on top of where we recognize the amount that we are, uh, that we're helping out those that have absolutely nothing that, you know, they get a bar of uh, soap and, and they can't believe that they've actually got a bar of soap to use uh, and uh, or have a toothbrush and, and some toothpaste. So we've got Brother Dennis to, uh, to go through the Zambia trip that we're going to be leaving on in a week. So I uh, went to, uh, I had a conviction to go to Africa uh, about uh, three, four years ago. So the first time I went, I kept telling Jazz, I kept saying, you know, I really want to go to Africa. And so she said to me, you know, you keep saying that. Why don't you just go? So, you know, all of us married men need the blessings of, uh, of our wives. So uh, I was like, awesome. So I, uh, I said, great. So I went, uh, took my laptop. That was a Sunday afternoon after church. And um, I told her that she says, you should just go. So I took my laptop and I booked tickets and I left that Friday. Um, <laughs> we delics are quite organized. Um, so... We do have a work team going. That was the first trip back in 2009. I was just there in February. The first time I went, I was in, in Kenya. And in February, I went to Kenya, Tanzania, and Zambia. And uh, it was in Zambia that I really felt the Lord speaking to my heart and saying, this is it. There was a school that was started there um, about four or five years ago. And in 2008, the, the, the financing for the school stopped. Because of the whole economic crisis, the U.S. and the U.K. was supporting the school, and basically the funding just stopped. And um, so we have a work team. I'm going to get to the pictures in a moment, but we have a work team going out, uh, God willing, in the next week uh, to two weeks. When I get back from camp, uh, Brother Doug and I will be leaving um, three days before the rest of the work team. Actually, Brother Werner and... Let me go through the work team here. Werner, Joanna, and Sarah Weinhardt are going, 15 of us. Willie, Diana, and Kyle Ritzman, uh, Christina Vuenov, uh, Andrew Shulia, Kyle, and La- sorry, Kyle Sanderson, and Lance Flowers. Those are the um, two Pelham boys, uh, which is exciting. Uh, Desiree Nechikov, Ryan Ritzman, Bianca Zimmerman, and Doug Savin. So uh, we ask that you'd pray for us, that we would be able to go and accomplish the Lord's work there. There's 300 orphans going to this, um, that's me in, in one of the classrooms uh, at the school. This is one of the buildings. Um, there's seven buildings slated to go on this property. Uh, each building is about 3,500 square feet. There are 300 students that go to this building here in three different shifts. Um, the students make up, uh, 80% of them have been affected by HIV AIDS. Uh, either they're orphans or they're, um, one of the parents have passed away. And so um, if they're orphans, family members have taken them. 10% of them are street kids. They just live on the streets. And 10% are, are, are just extremely poor. And, and uh, they, 
go to school, they, they feel um, that uh, once they go to school, they, they feel that they're someone and they're, and they're somebody and, and um, they're, you know, they're, they have some respect. Um, this is me talking to some of the gentlemen that are in, um, involved there in uh, Kitwe, Zambia. And um, this is Timothy Mufwala. He's the uh, country, he's one of the um, directors that uh, I got involved with, uh, with the organization originally, which is called Christ Hope International. Um, and this is the um, this is me talking to some of the young boys there at uh, at the school, and uh, that's the concrete pad that we plan we hope and, and uh, plan to build a, a washroom with uh, many different stalls for boys and girls, and that's what we'll be working on as well as doing finishing touches on the school. Uh, please pray for us. Like I said, we also have a container going out. Many of you are, are aware of us raising, especially in Canada, collecting used clothing. Uh, that's still being collected. We, we've um, bought our container, the 20-foot uh, seaworthy container that's go- going to go out hopefully in, in, um, in the fall. And uh, we'd like to hopefully send another work team then. But uh, uh, again, I can't stress enough. Please pray for us. Pray for Brother Willie Ritzman. He's going to be leading the team. Um, and he's got, uh, he's got his hands full with uh, the dynamics of the work team, especially me being on that as well. So please pray for us, and thank you. Thank the Lord you. Dennis, now that we've kicked you off, I'm just going to talk a little bit about you. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Amy Savin, and uh, this is my sidekick, Jordan Vangelovich. And um, I just thought that It's so important to think about missions that we can do right now, right here. And the video that you're seeing in the background is um, an experience that we had at Rocky Ridge this past summer. And my brother put together the DVD. And it started off with just a simple brother, Dennis Delick, having a vision for an inner-city mission in Toronto Church and um, or in Toronto area. And we've been working with those kids, now they're young adults, for several years. And it's just been so, <laughs> so distracting. Um, we've been working with these kids for a long time. And it's awesome to see them actually come out to camp. Um, and also the Lighthouse Kids in Kitchener that we work in with the, in the city there. Thomas Nitz was a, another young man with a, a good vision. And he was feeling nervous about starting up a mission, not knowing how it's going to all run through and if he's going to get volunteers and people to jump on board. There's a Pelham boy, Lance. And um, it was just really awesome to see how God moved in these people's hearts to work together. (laughs) Um, And uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's so awesome to, to, yeah, to donate to, to missions across the seas. And I know a lot of these missionaries personally, and they're beautiful people. And I've been on several mission trips also. But working in your own backyard, there's something, there's such a big calling to work in your own backyard as well. So I'm going to invite Jordan to, uh, to share some of his, his experience working at Rocky Ridge. Hello. Um, I'm just going to share a quick experience of how I was called to help out with this. Um, I was actually really considering um, this summer about going to Africa, and it's amazing how my name is not on that list. Um, I got the email, and I was like, wow, I really want to go to Africa, too. And 
I uh, talked to my parents, I talked to my family, and they were really supportive about it. And they just said, pray, pray about it. And I kept praying, and a couple weeks, I was online filling out the form, and I was just about to submit it. And I was like, okay, here we go, I'm going to Africa, submit. Error. Okay, uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, we'll see what happens. Tried it again, wasn't working, and uh, I was just like, I don't know what I can do. Um, I'll print it out. I'm better with paper, so I'll fill it out tomorrow. Um, the next day was uh, Sunday, and uh, brother Thomas Nitz, he uh, approached me and was like, Jordan, how are you doing? I was like, I'm good. Uh, how are you? And he says, I actually really need your help. I was like, oh, really? Um, why is that? He's like, I need you to be a counselor at Rocky Ridge. And I was like, I've never heard of uh, this Rocky Ridge retreat before. Do you mind explaining? And he told me, I was like, okay, I'm in. And it's just amazing how God can uh, <laughs> shut one door and right away open another door. <clears throat> um, yeah, there's a, a new, whole new world in our backyards just waiting for us. North America is one of the biggest missions field that, like, you don't need to go far. You can stick right around here and I just want to encourage you all to like open your eyes, let God lead you where He needs you to be, and um, you can be an urban missionary. It's just around the corner, literally. And just an update on one of those urban um, areas of work that God's been opening up in, in my wife and I's life is the Redemption Ranch. Um, and just an update of where we are with that. And just a little reminder of what we're about. Um, part of Rocky Ridge, as you saw in the video, was, was horseback riding and stuff like that. And our mission in, is, is four simple words. Rescue, serve, mentor, and equip. And it's really about rescuing horses that have come from abused and, and terrible situations. Even just situations of, of not being wanted or, or being abandoned. And using those horses to reach out to children, youth, and families that are coming from similar situations, from backgrounds of abuse and, and neglect and um, just crisis and not being able to deal with, with the issues in life um, or loss or whatever the case may be, and really seeking to minister to their needs and serve them and mentor them on a one-on-one -on -one relationship um, there at the ranch and be able to equip not only them to impact their world as, God, as the grace of God changes them, but to equip our young people with opportunities to interact with kids that really need to experience, not just hear about it, but really experience the love of God and his mercy uh, in a very tangible way. And so as part of our um, mission over the last couple of years, we've rescued our two horses. Um, first one being a horse that we titled Genesis, um, obviously because it's a new beginning for this horse, it's a new beginning for us, and obviously it's, uh, it's our first horse. Um, so before you can see the condition he came from, he came from an abused background. A few owners prior to us um, couldn't handle him, sent him to a trainer that did things the hard way and basically beat the horse pretty bad, knocked out a couple of teeth. Um, went to another owner who treated him well, was then subsequently sold to another owner who, again, didn't know how to handle him. So she basically said, you know what, if you're not going to do what I want to do, you're just going to sit up there and I ain't going to touch you. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to take care of you. And it came to a pretty bad situation um, until he was rescued. And then from there, the girl that had rescued him 
got a full-time job, couldn't take care of him, so, um, so we bought him, and this is where he's at right now. Um, but in the process, again, because not knowing how to, to, to rescue him, the, the person before started to feed him a little too quickly to put him on the weight, which then caused laminitis. So he's kind of a little bit sore on his front end, especially when you try to uh, get him to ride. So we'll be working on, on improving that. Our second horse is, it was titled by one of the young ladies. Uh, their family um, told us about him. He's a four-year-old paint Clydesdale mix, so he's a really big boy, and he's going to get really bigger. Um, and our little kids love him because he's, <laughs> he's so huge. Um, but this lady, she, her husband passed away, and they had all kinds of animals. They are animal lovers. And, and one by one, she's been selling them because she can't take care of them anymore. Um, she doesn't have the money hardly to feed him, let alone take care of his daily needs and, and the, the taking care of his hooves and all the other shots and deworming and all the other stuff that goes along with it. Um, and so she put him on Kijiji, and that's where we picked him up from. Um, August 19th, God willing, we'll be moving into our new facility um, just outside of Windsor and Amherstburg. Um, so anytime you're in the Windsor area, please stop by. We're always open. Um, our upcoming project this fall that we're going to really need to do, um, rebuild fencing that was torn up in a tornado, um, re- or build two run-in shelters for the horses outside, some hitching posts, picnic tables, build up a ranch gate, um, like an example you see there, and prepare the front parking um, for, pe- for people. So as fundraising for that, we will be selling some T-shirts out there today um, for $20. And all the T-shirts, we will also be providing the same T-shirts for all the children that come to the ranch so they can walk away with something as well as a little cowboy hat as a memory of, uh, and bandana of, of their time at the ranch. And we're also doing a pledge drive. We're basically looking, our operating costs are not big for the ranch. Um, Twenty-five to, to 30000 we figure, a year is going to be enough to, to provide for all that without um, needing anything else. So we're really looking for about 100 people to donate 10 bucks a month. It's really not a lot, um, and maybe 50 people to, to donate 25 bucks a month so that we don't have those up and downs of types of things. So pledge forms are available. Um, come and see us down there. We'll be selling them right outside uh, uh, North Lawn. Might be speaking to you. Uh, we have a short song that we're going to play along with um, just some photos and, and things that you've already seen. And I just want you to just sit in quietness and reflect what the Lord uh, might be speaking to you this morning.
bow for prayer. O Lord, our hearts have been touched by the things that you are doing in people whom you love around the world and in our neighborhood. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you can continue to move in us and that you would move in our hearts to have a vision, your vision of the harvest and what our place is in this harvest, and that we be willing to turn to you and to help others turn to you also, and that we may be willing to go where you, where you are sending us. We know, Lord, that the harvest is great, the work is great, and we often feel overwhelmed, and we want to intercede, Heavenly Father, for those that are in the middle of feeling overwhelmed. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you can equip them strengthen them, give them hope and courage, encourage them, give them wisdom in dealing with the situations, in knowing how to counsel, in knowing how to guide, in knowing how to be a blessing to people that are bruised and broken and are feeling hopeless. May they shine your light of hope. May we shine your light of hope, whether that's across the globe, or in our backyard, or to our neighborhood. Heavenly Father, we pray that we might honor you in what we say and do. Dismiss us with your presence and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we dismiss, I just have one more thing to share, and that's in regards to uh, the logistics of the uh, donations. Donation boxes are in the vestibule here as well as in the dining hall. The uh, focus of the three missions this year at camp is CLM, the Paraguay School, and the Zambia Africa Mission. So money that's just marked generally to go to missions will be divided among these three. If you have another specific missionary that is on the ACCF or the Mission Board of Canada list, you can also write that on the envelope and it will go there. Um, for more details, there is uh, page four in your booklet uh, will describe that in detail. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. We're now dismissed. <laughs>